You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Um, you know, doing well. Healthy live. Fantastic. Just as my phone goes off, I need to turn my notifications off. So we are back for another digital dark age. I actually like these because it gives us mm-hmm. a chance to kick back and just take a take a step back from all of the uh, the craziness that is the everyday stuff of like COVID and all that stuff. But we kind of get tied up into it because of all the tech that's involved with all the COVID stuff, too. So uh, today, what we want to do, we want to kind of pay special attention to what's going on with big tech and the upcoming election in the U.S. That's going to be very important going forward because they're taking a specific stance. And that is really (laughs) I I flipped to the article and I see Bernie Sanders rambling (laughs) that's on mute. But uh, okay, so what's what what are companies like Facebook and Twitter? What what positions are they going to take? Well, we saw they had a little bit of a blunder back in 2016, didn't they? So it didn't quite go the way they wanted it to go. And they have done nothing but devote the last four years of their lives to getting rid of any form of democratic rule in Western in Western civilization. So uh, they're not interested in what we ha- we the people have to say any longer. They are now going to start taking things into their own hands. But let's start with the obvious thing, which I heard this this morning. I heard this this morning. I haven't really done a whole bunch of uh, looking into it, but you just brought it up to me. And we haven't really dug too deep into this already, or, or excuse me, yet. But nonetheless, it's already here. So let's talk about what Facebook has created. Let's talk about what Zuckerberg has created. If this is not the move of, I almost want to say an autocrat. If this is not the move of of someone in a position of uh, an authoritative power grab, then what is? But what what has Facebook done? What what have they what have they created? Well, they created a, a board. Uh, if you will, uh, they're calling it their own Supreme Court, uh, the so-called. And basically what it does is they're going to, for example, if you get your content banned or removed or what, what, what have you, you can appeal to this court and they will hear your case and they will, um, if they rule in your favor, that means Facebook has to reinstate your your content, your account, what what have you, right? That's the the intent that they're saying it's used for. I haven't been able to find any information on who the members are. I do know they they selected a few of the members uh, in May of this year. 20 of the board so far. The board is only three years. uh, So you're elected in for three years. Uh, But the board has power to elect new members. And it also has power to grow itself to, well, up to 40, I think. But they can go up even higher. Uh, So I don't know. I mean... it, on the surface, it sounds like a good thing. Where where it's going to be a problem is uh, who's who's selected, right? Like who who are the people there, and is it going to be this running like uh, what, what laundering business, right? Are they going to just like use it to launder money through it? <laughs> I, so yeah, that's it's a good really, question. It's really concerning. 
It, it is concerning. It's 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 a good question, but ultimately, who's going to be the judge, jury, and executioner over top of that board anyway that they've created? It's going to be Zuckerberg himself. Now, what's fa- what's Facebook actually said they're going to do? This is before the creation of that, right? This came out just the other day, and Facebook is vowing to restrict users if the U.S. election descends into chaos. Well, they're setting the stage for the election to go into chaos anyway. With mail-in voting, with uh, the the Democrat Party coming out, and all of their hands are on deck, shall we say? All hands on deck. And everybody's screaming about, oh, well, uh, Trump's not going to leave, and uh, there's going to be a, a, a red mirage, and it's going to be a blue wave, and there's overwhelming support. If you look at all the polls... And they've done nothing over the last four years except discredit this guy and try to get rid of him. And nothing has stuck on this guy. Nothing. And so they've set the stage for him to be an unpopular incumbent. So that's that's what he's that's what he's become in the eyes of these tech companies and the uh, the political left. So when something does go wrong because they've created the mail in voting thing, when something does go wrong within that system. So, you know, that there's not going to be anything Uh, concrete on the first night. But that's going to cause chaos. And they're banking on that chaos. They need the chaos. They have to keep it going. They have to stretch it out. So it says here that Facebook will take aggressive measures to restrict the circulation of content on its platform if the November presidential election descends into chaos or violent civic unrest, which, I mean, they've already got the goons out there in the streets now. I mean, did you see the video of the guy on the, the street corner the other night talking about revolution and anarchy? I mean, it, it was it was insane. It was absolutely insane. They were live streaming that. Now, I don't know what platforms were picking that up, but the guy had something. They had like the viewer counter in the corner. The guy had something like 5,700 viewers. And you had people in the crowd cheering him on. I mean, the guy's talking about uh, killing police in, in public like that openly. And he's getting cheered on. People are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we had the video. But we don't because there was a lot of language in it, too, if I recall. But why isn't anything done about that? Why, why is that left alone? You talk about chaos and, and disarray in the streets like this is going to somehow come from uh, the people that vote for Trump. What this is, this is big tech's way of saying uh, those of you that don't vote the way we need you to vote, we're going to make sure that you don't have a place to speak here. That's what they're saying. The company had drawn up plans for how to handle a range of outcomes. So they wargamed the stuff. We talked about one of the war games that the uh, Transition Integrity Project put together, Tip, including widespread civic unrest or the political dilemmas of having in-person votes, political dilemma of having in-person votes. You hear this? Counted more rapidly than mail-in ballots. Oh, oh, well, let's see. You don't get to have in-person voting. No, we can't do that because that, that can be... Um, that can be taken out of context, and we we can't get an accurate count on that. But we can do it through mail-in voting. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about that. That's what they're going to do. That, that's what they're going to do. And they're already talking about. I heard I heard Zuckerberg uh, say something along the lines of they are going to grab people's posts. So if you post something about the election and it's something that is not quote approved or something that can be how did they put it. If there's no define or excuse me, if there's no clear winner, then if you post that there is a winner, then they will grab the post that you put up. Right. They will grab that post and they will say, "Okay, well, we're going to fact check this and then we're going to make sure that they'll either take it down or they're going to alter it and they're going to alter it to where it says nothing in here can be proven. So, you know, take this for for what you will. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so much for them not being editors, but we know that they've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, But this is what they're going to do. That's going to be the thing. And now Bernie Sanders, right, right on cue, right? Bernie Sanders has come out and he says, 
an election between Donald Trump and democracy, right? Bernie's sounding the alarm on pre- on uh, the president refusing defeat if he loses. What's Hillary Clinton said this whole time? Joe Biden should not concede under any cir- in, under any circumstances. Under any circumstance, he shouldn't concede. Do we have that video, by the way? It's a good one to point out because uh, he doesn't actually say that. What's that? Uh, he he doesn't say that um, he will refuse. No, I was talking about uh, Hillary. She's the one that said it on the show. Uh, no, I, I, I understand. But I'm saying they're saying Trump has said that. Uh, oh, the, the no, yeah, he is. Yeah, he has. And that. he didn't say that. All right. So let's take yeah, a listen to. I... Uh, yeah, let, let's take a listen to Hillary Clinton. So we've got to have a massive legal operation. I know the Biden campaign is working on that. We have to have poll workers. And I urge people who are able to uh, be a poll worker. We have to have our own uh, teams of people to counter the the force of intimidation that the Republicans and Trump are going to put outside polling places. This is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. Okay, so uh, (laughs) so. All right. My question is, okay, let's just pick that apart a little by little. My question is, where are the intimidators from the Trump side, where where's that happening? Where where are those people? I, I don't see them anywhere. Where where are the people that are going to go out there and and bully uh, the uh, the so called Democrats? You, you're not going to vote anyway. You're not going to vote in person anyway. You've got everybody so scared that they're not going to go out to a polling place. You're promoting vote by mail. So who's going to be putting on intimidation? What that means is that they're going to have their goons down there intimidating the people that go into the polling places. That's how it works. That's what they're going to do. But see, everything that they're accusing the Trump side, and I I hate this side stuff. I I hate this, man. I really, I I don't like that they're pigeonholing everybody into talking about this, but everything that they're accusing the opposition of doing is exactly what they're doing. This is a flip of the script. That's all they've done here. It's really that simple. That's all they've done is they're flipping this back on itself. They need to have armies of people ready to go uh, to, to deal with all this, you need election monitors now and, and all of this. I mean, you're, you're voting by mail, largely. So, OK, he should not concede under any circumstances. And this thing's going to drag out, which is what I said. They're going to drag it out. They're going to take it out as far as possible. So, I mean, you know what the you know what the deal is here. OK, so they don't have a declared winner. At that point, they're going to look like they're making themselves uh, look vindicated because they're saying, look, look, see, Trump's not leaving. See, see, he's not leaving. And uh, they're then somehow going to be legitimate. Look, I I can I can tell you what this is. They're not interested in in elections any longer. They, They don't need this anymore. They're moving forward. They have their agenda and they don't care what we the little people have to say any longer. They can't get over the fact they're they're so fanatical at this point. They can't get over the fact that we reject them. We don't want them anymore. We proved that in 2016. The Europeans were starting to. They were starting to. The Brits got it. European countries are starting to get it. Hey, wait a minute. Um, You are wanting democratic rule and you don't want uh, us, the elite, to dictate to you any longer. You don't want the tech companies to uh, to get on board with us and to to rule your lives. Oh, well, we got COVID for that, didn't we? Uh huh. They have to put us back in line. You see how all this works, and you have everybody on board with it. 
You got the tech companies are on board with the tracking. You got the governments. You got the elites over top of them that are on board with the agendas to reshape everything. Now, does it all hinge on on Donald Trump? No, Donald Trump's just in the way. Right. I've said before, he is a problem. He is not the problem. The problem are the people that are fostering this agenda to try and get rid of him because he represents what we the people voted for, which is a rejection of the people that want to get rid of him. He's a symbol. And so by them going after Trump, it's them coming after us because we're the ones that are the target, not him. He's just there. Right. He's, he's just a figurehead. He's a manifestation of our uh, displeasure with the power structure. We're done with it. We're done with it. And they don't want us to be done with any of it. See, everything was going fine in, in the, uh, the system. The last three administrations, the last 30 years, everything was going fine. It was the same syndicate. Right. You had the Bushes, the Clintons, the Obamas. Right. Same, same group of people all the way through. And everything was fine. The riots, the chaos, uh, COVID, all this stuff, all of these things, they, they probably wouldn't have needed to, to do all this as rapidly as possible. But when 2016 happened, they lost it. Like they lost their minds because uh, they've been in a, in a panic frenzy ever since. And you say, well, wait a minute. Um, they're still pushing for people to vote. Well, yeah, they're pushing for people to vote. But think about this. Ever since 2016, have they even acknowledged that they lost? They haven't, have they? They haven't even acknowledged. They haven't even accepted the fact that they've lost. And, and it's more than a loss to them. It's more than a loss to them. They didn't just get uh, beaten on international television. They got humiliated. I mean, absolutely humiliated. The same thing with the European Union. They got absolutely humiliated. Not the fact that the Brits voted to leave, it wasn't that, but it was it was the fact that they voted overwhelmingly. It was a landslide for uh, for Boris Johnson and the Tories because it was Brexit part two. It was get it done, right? Get us out. So the power structure in the U.S., the power structure on the European side of things, the, the Western establishment, shall we say, they're done. They're, their time's over. We don't want them any longer. And so now they're closing the door on any kind of uh, democratic rule. They don't want us to have a say any longer. And they've got the tech companies on board with all that. So we'll talk about Bernie Sanders here in a minute. I know I started to, but go ahead and jump in here. What, what do you got on any of that? Uh, well, honestly, I was I was still stuck on the, the Bernie Sanders bit about how uh, this election is between, you know, democracy or, or democracies on the line or whatever the heck he said. Yeah, I agree with him. And I'm glad because America is not a democracy. I, I want to put that one to rest. This is a constitutional republic and I want it to stay that way. You know, I want us to go back to the Constitution, but um, we'll see how it goes uh, because of these election changes that we're talking about. This is one of the things voter fraud is one of the things they need for a color revolution. Um, we, we've seen that in uh, what was it, Russia. We've seen that in other countries. The the whole because what was it? The um, snow revolution, white revolution. I don't remember what it was called in Russia, something like that. that. Was, Russia was snow revolution. Yeah. Snow revolution. Yes. OK, so that was just a few years ago, even. And you can think. Hillary's, well, Soros-backed, which will get us banned, but Soros-backed, um, Hillary pushed at Civil Society 2.0. That, that's that's part of what that is, right? So what we're seeing here, that, that's, that's what this is. They need the voter fraud. They need that image, at least. They already have all the other things that they need. Um, they, they've talked about law enforcement and military, how they're kind of kind of showing signs that they're, un, you know, they have that control, if you will. Uh, so Bernie Sanders, right? We, we talked about him yesterday. <laughs> good, good old Bernie. He he needs your help. Yeah, he, he needs he needs your help. He's once again asking for our help. Yeah, 
So yeah. we, we yeah. should we should come to his aid and and heed the call of um, an election between Donald Trump and democracy. And I, I agree with you. I, I think um, it's time to close the door on democracy, to be fair. Now, OK, that, is that to say that I'm against democracies? Technically, yes. But here's hear me out. OK, hear me out. I don't agree with democracies because they're very dangerous. It it sets a very dangerous precedent if it goes wrong. And by that, I mean, you're mob rule. You're 51 percent of the vote. So it, and of course, uh, European systems, you guys have democracies. So it's it's a it's a 51 percent rule or or you can form coalitions. So I'm familiar with how the parliamentary system works. I've studied it in great detail. So you can form coalitions. So you can have uh, a party, for example, like as uh, Lars was talking about yesterday, that in Sweden, they have like uh, 15 or 20 different parties. And so you have one party that emerges as the majority, but then they don't have a clear majority. So like a 51% majority, so they can grab up four or five other little parties and form a coalition and then make decisions jointly uh, together based on that. So they can take little policies here and there. And together they form the majority. And so they're able to to run the government. But the difference is like in places like the UK, since they have the it's like a 63% or whatever it is, they don't need the rest of the parties. The Tories can do whatever they want now. So it's good, but it's not good. Right. I, I get it. So the I mean, it's good if your your people get in there. But what if they don't? OK, so that like, for example, if you get a, a hard left party in there or you get a hard right party in there that runs a majority, you got problems. You got real problems. So they're very democracies. Direct democracies are very dangerous. They're very dangerous. But nonetheless, it is I, I prefer constitutional republics you know, or federal republics. I, I like those. I like how it's, it's broken down like that. But nonetheless, it is something. It is something. It's a form of of a way of giving people some kind of a fighting chance. It's something. It's better than a full-blown autocratic rule, but you've got to be responsible enough as a society to keep it in check if you're going to have it. If democracies are the way that European countries want to go, fantastic, you know, but make sure that you keep them in check. And so far they have. Over the last 50 years they have. So uh, let's just continue to hope for the best. Uh, But places like uh, the United Nations, places like the European Union, those are not democracies. Those are not democracies. Those are unelected, useless lumps of skin, to to quote Marty, since he's not here. But Bernie Sanders, as he says, he's uh, calling the November election a struggle to preserve American democracy. He's warned Americans. See, Bruce, he's warning us. He's warning us. We need to heed this call. Right. We we need to we need to make sure that we're warned. Uh, He's warned Americans to prepare for a doomsday scenario (laughs) in, in which President Trump could try to declare victory prematurely by seeking to discredit absentee ballots counted after election day. Now, okay, Mm-mm. think about what Mm-mm. he just said there. Th- think about what he just said there. To declare victory prematurely by seeking to discredit absentee ballots counted after election day. That's not what he's after. That's not what he's after at all. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Absentee balloting, we've done that for years, okay? There are those of us that do absentee balloting, completely different process, right? You are a registered voter. For absentee balloting, I'm going to explain the difference here. For absentee balloting, you are a registered voter. You put in the request for the ballot. You get a ballot sent to you. You get one ballot, one, one, and then you send it back. It goes through a chain of custody. Now, you can drop it in the mail if that's what you want to do, or... You can take it to your if you're out of the country, which I mean, that's how we vote. You can take it to your nearest consulate general and you can drop it in the diplomatic pouch and it will get taken back over to the U.S. same day and counted. Okay, so you have to have ballots, absentee ballots 
postmarked before election day. Has to be done. That's why they send these things out like six months beforehand sometimes. Sometimes after the primary and the candidates are confirmed for the general, which you can't vote the primary anyway if you're absenteeing. So that's completely different in and of itself. They were doing mail-in primary ballots in the U.S. already. And as far as I'm concerned, those things are illegitimate. I don't consider those to be a, a thing. I mean, these are the ones where uh, GP was saying a GP had eight ballots sent to his house. Now, granted, he sent him back, but he had eight ballots. I, I saw on social media and I know some other people that were getting multiple ballots sent to their house that were 10 of the same name or a relative that uh, that hadn't been um, that hadn't been alive for probably six, seven years. They got ballots, too. What's to stop that from being filled out and sent back in? How can they prove that that is that person? How, how can they do that? So he's not talking about absent. Bernie Sanders, he's not talking about absentee balloting. He's talking about mail-in voting. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So wait, are you suggesting that maybe we should have, um, you know, had a system in place to where you request a ballot and they mail you one? And that way, only one ballot gets sent out? Is that imagine what you're that. suggesting here? Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Huh. Wow. It's almost like we already have a system like that in the instituted in the first place. It's almost like, you know, we've been doing that for a while and uh, could have just expanded upon that and done it to, to, you know, make it a little bit more difficult for fraud. But again, color revolution, that's what they need. They need the voter fraud, They need, or at least the perception thereof. And honestly... Perception. That's uh, it. They just need yeah, perception. Perception is key. Yeah. And and you see the media, they're they're carrying the water. I mean, they're they're on board saying, yeah, I mean, it's uh, voter fraud, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, they're they're so I don't know. It's a or excuse me. They're not on board saying there's voter fraud. They're on board saying, oh, no, this is completely legitimate and everything's fine and trying to push that narrative. And then when it doesn't work and there's there's voter fraud and Trump says, you know, if Trump wins, Biden's going to contest it. Right. And there'll be litigation. You, you thought the, the 2000 election was bad. Right. Was it 2000 election when when we had the hanging chads and all that? Yeah. Florida and the, the recount. Uh, yes, that was uh, that yeah. was Bush and uh, Gore. Yeah. Bush and Gore. Yeah, that's what it was. You, you thought that was bad. Yeah. Just wait. Wait for this election. Unless Trump wins handily, uh, like, you know, Electoral College is is a, uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I honestly I don't know in this situation. The Electoral College is based upon the the districts and how they vote you know, and, and how the states hand out their electors so or delegates. So if there's voting fraud going on in every district, you can't even trust that, you know? So I don't know. This is this is um, to the subject we were talking about a minute ago with uh, the democracy nonsense and Bernie. If we were a democracy, we would already be socialist because of the last presidency. And to be fair, we are already by handout standards. We're already a socialist country, to be fair, by handout standards. But Hillary's already said he's not going to concede. So, you know, they're going to drag it out. Now, if they don't have a, quote, declared winner, which you're talking there about the Electoral College, he's going to win the Electoral College. I have I have a real strong belief in the fact he's going to win the Electoral College, but they're going to drag it out based on other things. We already know that they're not going to accept it. It doesn't matter what it is. He could win 99 to 1. He could win 100 to <laughs> minus 2, whatever. You know, put whatever we'll put whatever number you want on it. He could have a 100% landslide, which would never happen, but hell, he could have a a 92% uh, to 8% and they're not going to accept it. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what the results are. They're not going to accept it, which leads me to believe that if it was a Biden landslide, would they even accept that? I don't see them 
taking it uh, either way. They have to create, as you said, they have to create the perception because I've said it from the beginning of this uh, this podcast when we started it. I said, we live in a world of perception. I think I said that on the first episode. Uh, we, we live in a world of perception. It's what they create that they need you to see. And everything that the tech companies are going to be doing on that night is to make sure that what you see isn't what you're seeing. That's all they have at this point is to try and convince you that what your own eyes are seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. So it's creating the perception of everything that they're saying to make themselves look legitimate, when in fact, they've been illegitimate this entire time. They've been running around for the last four years like they're the party in power, and they haven't been. They haven't been. What? You picked up what, uh, half a dozen seats in the House and now you have a majority? And, and you put that uh, crooked Pelosi, uh, Princess Nancy, back up there who's eating the $12 a pint uh, chocolate ice cream up there in her $24,000 freezer, and you think you're running around like you got some uh, some party in power? She goes out and she gives some BS vigil at uh, the Washington Monument with 200,000 little flags planted in the, in the, uh, in the grass there. The, the woman, uh, uh, like the, these people don't even care about the country. They, they've they sold themselves out. They don't care about the U.S. any longer. And the tech companies don't either. Well, why would you vote for a party like that? I, I'm not. I, I, and I hate to say that because I got Democrat friends and I know you're listening out there. I know a lot of you are. And, and I appreciate that. And we can agree on a lot of things and we can also disagree on things and we can still remain friends. We've been that way for a long time. And those are valued friendships to have. And so this nonsense that's going on at the top shouldn't be a reflection on who we are down here at the grassroots. Never should be. We can disagree on things and we can still have a, a nation together. But these people don't even believe in that. If you're a Democrat Party member now, if you're if you're in D.C. and you're a Democrat Party member, if you're up there on the hill if, or if you're in a governor's seat or city mayor or whatever, city council somewhere, are you on board with the fact that the Democrat Party actually hates the country that they're supposed to represent? Like, they don't even believe in any of this stuff anymore. They, they don't believe in legitimate elections. They don't believe in controlling the mobs in the streets. Hell, they're fostering the mobs in the streets. They don't care about your safety. They don't care about your security. They don't care about your uh, your businesses. They don't care about your well-being. They don't care about your churches. By the way, you mentioned something yesterday about that church in Boise, or not in Boise, in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that was about? I, I figured out what I heard the backstory on that. Do you know what that was about? Because they arrested the three people. OK, the one person that they arrested and because they weren't, quote, wearing masks. Right. But nobody else in the crowd was either. Do you know why they arrested that one person? Because it was somebody that was running against some of the city council people that were on the mayor's side. So they were running against them. Uh, it was a political. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a political arrest. It was that's why everybody was. Yeah, that's why everybody was filming it, saying to the cops, this isn't right. What are you guys doing? Now, I'm not condoning this, but what would have happened if all the people there would have turned on the cops and just, just surrounded them and told them to get out, bugger off? They I mean, probably should have left. That would have been the best thing, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was actually one of the things I was disappointed in. They they were out there protest, protesting, and you, I've seen video of a woman. She was at a ball game. She got tased by a law enforcement officer this for was not wearing a, a mask. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a, a high school football game, I believe. She was sitting socially distanced with her family and she wasn't wearing a mask. And the law enforcement officer, I mean, I, I was disappointed that you could hear the people in the crowd saying that that was stupid, that this is ridiculous, that this is why aren't you defending the person then? If you think that is so bad, 
Uh, but uh, I know it just ends up getting you arrested too, and it just escalates things and so on and so forth. But see, this is why the cops have to refuse. <laughs> they have to refuse to to enforce this stuff. I mean, it's it's the police, and I've been screaming about that for a long time. You know, I have. I've been saying the police, for God's yeah. sake, stop listening to these mayors. Stop listening to these mayors, for God's sake. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we do that in one city? Yeah. For God's sake, I you, you worked guys- side by side with law enforcement for 15 years. And I tell you something, I have never put cuffs on a, on something that I didn't think wasn't justified ever. I don't care what it was. You have an obligation to refuse unconstitutional and illegal orders. And this crap is illegal and it's unconstitutional. And you all know it. You all know it. Go on. Sorry. These 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 mayors and governors, we, we, we talk about them being little tyrants, right? Little dictators. But uh, little tyrants and little dictators, uh, they can't do their thing without the help of uh, others. Yeah. They need military, law enforcement, something like that, you know? So the the reason these mayors and governors are little dictators is because law enforcement's right there with them, help, helping them be little dictators. So uh, I've said it before, we support law enforcement, so on and so forth. Um, but these law enforcement officers that are, that are arresting people for, uh, you know, abiding by their constitutional rights. You guys are little tyrants. I'm sorry. You're part of the problem. But we, we kind of got on elections a little bit there and, and talking about Facebook. We, we talked about how Facebook is going to silence you, you basically people that are speaking out about the election stuff, right? We kind of mentioned that already. My, my question is with this, are they going to also silence people like, um, you know, conservative media? You know, we have the conservative media out there. I think I've proposed this idea before, but it fits in here. Are they going to silence the the, the conservative media that are going to say, um, you know, for example, if um, if there is voter voter fraud that's going to happen, which there is, but uh, and the president says something about it and says, whoa, whoa, something's wrong here, and social media silences the president, he he can't say anything there. the The media won't cover any of his speeches, right? Because they're they want the upheaval, and then the the social media starts silencing the conservatives. What's going to happen? How are you going to get your voice out there? How are you going to how are you going to communicate with others? How are you going to, you know, formulate protests? How are you going to do different things to try to to bring attention to this? You have no voice at that point. See, this is the big danger. And this is why people have to be willing to take a stand now. They, they have to be willing to take a stand now. And if they don't take a stand now, then when are you going to take a stand? You're going to do it after it's already uh uh, too late for you? Is that is that when you're going to take a stand? Because as you just said, Bruce, what are you going to do when they take your voice away? They take away your uh, your right to uh, to speak on a social media platform. That's the public square of today. So they shut that down. They shut podcasts like ours down and anybody else that has any kind of criticism or, or an independent thought. Because going forward, I mean, we're outlaws in this new system that they want to bring in. I will not comply. Do you understand? I will not. I, I will fight this system with everything I have because there's no future if we don't. None. And it's it, that's the same thing that goes for the police officers that are out there that are carrying out these uh, the, these uh, political arrests on these people and, and going out there and tasing people for not wearing masks. What the hell's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? What, you're going to lose your job? You're, you're going to lose your pension? Well, they're going to take all that from you anyway. You're going to lose it all. Do you understand? You're losing every single damn dime of it. And the amount of cowardice from the people that are in elected positions that are supposed to be fighting for us. I, I never thought I'd see it. I never thought I'd see it. These are supposed to be people that we elect to stand up for us. You're the ones that are supposed to have the backbones, and you don't. You don't. You're cowards. I shouldn't have to sit up here and scream out every day, day after day after day, 
I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician. I have no aspirations to be a politician. I was asked to go into politics a long time ago, and I never went into it because that's not, that's just not me. I'm not a politician. But I'm saying the things, and there are thousands of other people and millions of other people out there just like me that are saying things like we're saying here and everywhere else that you hear people screaming out about it. We're saying the things that politicians should be saying to stand up for we the people, and you're not doing it. And if you're not going to do it, then we're going to send you home, and you're not going to have a job. What are you, what are you people going to do? What are you going to do then? Those of you that have made careers being politicians, see, this is why they want to shut democracy down. This is why the tech companies want to shut democracy off, because we have the ability to send these low life degenerates back home to their districts to do whatever it is they're going to do. Make some some uh, some deal somewhere because they don't know how to do anything else. Who really wants to go into politics? Who wants to do that? Who wants to lie to people and be a politician? What kind of a scumbag are you? I don't care what party you belong to, but who wants to do that? And, and I get that there are good politicians. I understand. You know, th- there are people that are in there that want to do some good. And there are people that I've known that have been in politics that have done some real good. You know, I, I've, I've supported people uh, at the local level, at the state level that have done some really good work. Uh, and so to, to paint all that with with one brush is, is completely the wrong way for me to do it. And I, and I'm, I'm, I apologize to those that are out there uh, that are listening, that have people that are in, in office that are actually trying to do some good. But those types of people are in the minority. We need those types of people to be in the majority to stand up for us. We don't need people to be selling us out to uh, technological interest or corporate interest or overseas deals or, or whatever it is. And then we get left out in the cold. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what what does it become now? Authoritarianism, right? We must be made to comply. Well, I'm not going to comply to this. I'm not going to do it. You got anything else on the uh, on, on any of what I just said? Because uh, we're going to jump into some Internet of Things here. Yeah. So just just to point out, you were you were talking there. You don't comply. Keep in mind that in America, the powers that the government has and uses is because you consented to it as the people. You, the people or we the people, I'll include myself in this, we're the ones that, that gave these officials power. We're the ones that are basically saying, okay, yeah, it's all right. We, we, we're, we're good with the lockdowns. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good with law enforcement arresting or tasing people because they're not wearing masks. I'm not. I didn't consent to that. But uh, how about you? You know, you as a listener, did you? You know, we, we have a First Amendment right to protest our grievances. Or, or petition our grievances, peacefully assemble, also known as protest. But the media is cha- trying to change the narrative of what protest is. And that's not what I'm saying we should be doing. That's childish. But yeah, anyway, that's that's what I got there. Mostly peaceful, though. Yeah, it's, it's mostly, yeah, mostly peaceful. peaceful. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, like a, just like a murderer is mostly peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mostly peaceful. Okay, uh, let's, let's get into some Internet of Things here. I, I don't have any of these Amazon devices in my house. I, I don't have any of that stuff. I, I've never wanted any of that stuff, and I never will have any of that stuff. Hell, I never had any of those digital picture frames. You remember those? I never had any of those, mm-hmm. and I and I still don't. But they've got all kinds of stuff out there now, right? They've got all these uh, these echoes. They've got all these pods and and everything now. Every new feature that's on the uh, the Echo devices, right? Amazon just announced hunches and uh, Alexa Guard and more. So for from listening to your newborn surprise. I, I know, I know. I well, I can't describe it any other way. Uh, that's that's the feature. It's it's the guard feature. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, listening yeah. to your newborn, uh, your newborn's cries to switching off lights without being asked. Did you hear what I just said? Without being asked. Uh, which I talked to somebody the other day that has one of these echoes in their house, and it's got all kinds of sensors and everything. They actually had they had to tear it out and put it in a cabinet to stop it from changing everything in the room when they walked in and out of it. 
Like they have to when they walk into the room, they'd have to like wave their arms around because the light would turn off. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So they're saying that these devices from Amazon are going to take more active role in your house, which wait till you hear what's coming up next with the new ring system. (laughs) You're going to love that. So Amazon's annual hardware event, okay, they've put together a uh, a bunch of new features for these new Echo devices. Displays and all these other voice-driven things, they're going further with their reach, okay? They're going to connect with over 140,000 smart home devices and boasting more than 100 million compatible devices installed across its user base. They're saying now that these new Echoes, right, I, I'm trying, it, can, I, can I say that without it triggering? Is that possible? Or does it trigger off of that word too? I, I don't know. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Amazon device. Yeah, I can't say the name because it'll start triggering everybody that actually has these things. And why you have them, I don't know. They're saying that this will soon be able to act on hunches without asking to listen for and to react to sounds other than a wake word. So instead of saying the actual name of the device, it will sense now that you're going to ask for it and to protect your home more actively with an upgrade to... Uh, the new guard system that Amazon's going to put out. So this is going to create the rise of what Amazon call the ambient home in which the Echo devices are ready to respond to voice commands, but it's just more predictive and more proactive. See, it's going to take a more proactive role. Before long, <laughs> the thing is going to be able to tell you what's going on if it doesn't already. So you're going to live how Amazon tells you to live. You're going to live how Google tells you to live. You're going to live how Apple tells you to live. That's what it'll be. You're going to live how Facebook tells you. To, well, hell, you already probably live how Facebook tells you to live. So they've rolled out an expansion to their uh, their guard over the past couple of years to allow you to monitor your home while you're way. Okay. All right. I I can see that. Uh, While it's activated, the guard will listen for glass breaking, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms and footsteps and other signs of break in and it'll send you a mobile alert. All sounds great, right? All sounds great. But why does a central company have to control that? Why can't you control that on your own? Why can't you install a closed system with a backdoor IP that only you can get into? Why, why can't you do that? I, I don't think a private I'm, company needs to be the the uh, the vector involved there. Go ahead. Uh, so there's other companies out there that do this as well that don't have the Amazon devices, right? That, that so you're talking about is, like ADT and Brinks and these companies. ADT Brinks. Um, there, there's a, the newer ones as well that use. Um, God, what is it called? And eh, whatever the newer ones are called. Uh, but anyway, they. They have systems out there that do this for you, that monitor it and call uh, the police and whatnot. Simply if, safe. If there's someone, simply safe. That's the new big one. Yeah. They have uh, those companies and those companies I'm okay with because that's that's their only job. That's all they do is, is that specifically. The problem I have with these Amazon devices being connected with it now, for example, all those things they're talking, footsteps, you know, you have cameras in your house, outside your house that it's all going to be connected to. All that data goes to Amazon. Um, why do they need that information? Why do they need that data? Why do you need to know what room I'm in? Why do you know, why do you need to know when I turn my light on and off? Like that, that's not, that's none of your business. So that's my big issue with this is how much of the data are you skimming off? How much of it are you, uh, how much are you using it? You know, are you, are you mapping out my house? Like the Roomba, you know, what are you doing with the data when you get it? You know, so Bruce, it's for your own good, right? It, it's it's for you. Right? It, they're doing this to make your life better. Yeah, they're, they're going to make sure that you're green. That's that's what it's going to be. They're going to make sure that your carbon footprint is next to zero. Would you accept this if the government told you you had to have it? Would the average uh, would the average person accept if the government said you have to have this Amazon device or Google device or whatever it is, you have to have your entire house wired up because 
you know, the Green New Deal or whatever, right? Are you okay with that as the listener? I mean, it's the same, it's kind of the same concept with the vaccine stuff that we're seeing with COVID. Are you okay with being injected by a vaccine that was fast-tracked? Same thing with this. Are you okay with a third-party company having access to your life um, for, you know, free, essentially? Like, you're the product. You're, well, I mean, it's not free. You're paying for them to track you. You're paying for them to monitor you. And you're paying for them to sell that information to another company and make more money off of it. So it, it's coming as far as the government saying you have to have this. That's one of the steps for the social credit system. You have to monitor everyone at all times. You have to know what they're doing at all times. You see, Bruce, this is a this is a very inexpensive service to have too. So it's it's just a small fee of four ninety nine a month. That's all it is. Yeah, just four ninety nine a month. See, you notice how they do that? It beats all the competition now. Yeah, yeah. They're, they've gone more of the long more along the lines of the Simply Safe route. So they've they've made it actually cheaper than that. So they've now gotten into the home security business at bargain basement prices and they've already got the devices in the house and they say, oh, well, all you need to do is just add a couple of these things and then you add this extra service and we'll offer all these other things to you. So uh, they say that first the guard. Pl- do you have something you want to say? Oh, I was just comparing prices. You mentioned Simply Safe there and I was yeah. looking at the prices. And they're heavily uh, undercutting like. Simply safe is fifteen. Is it fifteen? Okay, so they've cut it. It's fifteen. So, okay, they, so it's, a third, it. it's a third of the price. A third of the price. Yeah, yeah, a third of the price. Okay, well, this is what it's going to do. Okay, first, Guard Plus will add a more robust sounds of activity detector. Okay, which will listen for doors opening or closing and other sounds associated with unwanted visitors. Second, yeah, okay, so why, why does it need to know when the doors open and close in your house? Second, Guard Plus will bring different features. For instance, triggering. Uh, the Echo device itself to play recordings of dogs barking if a security camera catches someone sneaking around the back of the house while you're away. Okay, I, I can see that. And finally, Guard Plus will add new hands-free emergency helplines. So it'll be run by a third-party company, of course, uh, to connect users to emergency services like police, which you're going to defund, and the fire department or other emergency contacts, probably a social worker or something along those lines, uh, if you need someone. <laughs> so I'm just I'm throwing the woke thing in there. So Amazon also announced support for the Guard Plus from a variety of hardware partners, including uh, Abode. Never heard of that one. Waze. Ways isn't that the the mapping um, the the mapping technology that they acquired? Good question. Their own ring system, which we're going to talk about that in a second. The new ring device. Oh, you're going to love that. The A3 smart home scout and uh, resid uh, residio. So uh, yeah, that's that's what they're going to be. Now, go ahead. Ways is uh, smart home cameras and devices. Okay, all right. So it's a different it's a different ways. I was thinking of the mapping technology. All right, so. They've upgraded hunches. This is the one I was interested about was hunches. Okay, so Amazon's ramping up the use of hunches. So those instances when the Echo devices will suggest an action. So like locking your front door as you're turning the lights off for the night. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, did you forget to lock your front door? Which I know people now that use that system to lock their front door. They have a little widget on their smartphone and they lock and unlock their door with uh with that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I know you're shaking your head. I'm shaking my head every day when I hear these people using this stuff. Wouldn't you be concerned that that could be hacked? I would. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I don't use it. I have an RFID card to get into my house and a, and a keypad backup on an independent battery in case the power goes out. I mean, that's what I got. But it's it's a closed system, right? I mean, that's that's what I use to, to get into my house. So it, it's completely different. It's not connected to anything. There's no internet connection going to it. It goes into a control panel that's uh, hidden somewhere in the house. And that's it. So with these new hunches, okay, 
they'll be able to perform certain actions without asking. So that means if you're traveling, then uh, it might uh, it might automatically turn off the lights in your basement or other parts of your house, you know, which we talked about that in our home security podcast. You remember that? Sometimes this I could actually see as a benefit. It would randomly turn lights on and off in different parts of your house to make it look like someone's home. You know, turn your TV on for a little bit, turn it off. So it actually looks like somebody's there. I could see that as a benefit or it would randomly turn on a light, you know, outside, you know, security light or something like that. That to me is a benefit. However, I know the sinister side of it. Right. But I mean, that 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 is a benefit. That's better than. That almost seems more efficient than going through and setting little timers on each one of the lights in different parts of your house. That's I mean, that's that's just my take. Same thing with the television. Right. I mean, these things are smart enough to figure out how to turn your TV on and off um, and things of that nature. You can monitor what's going on with your um, heating and air conditioning system. These are all benefits. See, this is the thing. Right. I'm all for this stuff. I'm all for this stuff. You might sound like I'm sitting here hating on all of it, but I'm actually not. I'm for it, but I'm not for it by companies that are looking to track, trace and control every bit of your activity. That's the downside to it. I'm for this stuff, but I'm for it on a closed system that only you have access to. I'm not for another company having access to that information. Why do you need all this, though? It's going to be a 250 square foot domicile. So why do you need it? Don't. Uh, I was sitting here looking at like, okay, so you're going to be able to change like uh, sound detector routines. Uh, There's going to be something called a care hub they're going to create. uh, Amazon's going to create a care hub uh, and it's going to be now they're looking at this as, you know, people that are like shut ins, for example, people that, uh, you know, need special care, things like that. Uh, And what this is, they're testing this now. And they say that uh, they're basing it on, for example, someone that needs like in-home care or something like that. And it would be a person in need would have first extend an invite to another uh, person or a family member or a caretaker and the care hub uh, without providing all kinds of you know specifics could send a notification uh, indicating some kind of activity or a problem uh, and then call for help that kind of stuff I mean which we already have a system similar to that now it's like the uh, the life alert system in the US where mm-hmm. they have like the little necklace or the bracelet or something and if an elderly person or you know an elderly family member or something that lives alone has trouble getting around they fall, uh, they can hit the button and it automatically calls out and sends for emergency services to come to your house. So they're just looking to expand on that uh, and and bring in, for example, it wouldn't just be a line out for, say, emergency services. It would also notify all the family members so everyone could come and help. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there again, I see a benefit to that. I, I see a benefit to yeah, that. Agreed. So they're also going to um, they're also going to add in conversations. So if you decide that you want to have a conversation with your Echo device, then you can ask it to join in on your conversation with you and a couple other people that are there. <laughs> so anyway. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're getting you're lonely. You're you're by yourself because of these unprecedented times. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah? yes. So you need somebody to talk to. So why not talk to a robot now, that see, has no consciousness? For your convenience, for your convenience, for your convenience, Bruce, and I'm sure they were thinking of you when they put this in there. For your convenience, you can now say, delete everything I've said, and it won't store anything. Um, there's so many ways to back up data so rapidly <laughs> yeah, nowadays, right. and I don't believe that. <laughs> right. They're voice printing everything you do anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Besides all these other updates, they're going for um, another list. They're going for group calling because of everything that's uh, going on with all this stuff. So you'll be able to do video or voice-driven group calls with up to eight participants. Zoom and uh, and Amazon Chime on uh, Echo Show devices. Echo Show devices. I don't know what those are. 
they'll allow you to connect third-party chats like Zoom. So if you're on a Zoom call for your business or whatever, then you'll be able to do that. Netflix on Echo Show devices. So they're going to add that. Music sharing. Reading sidekicks. I'm assuming, yeah, you'll be able to uh, listen to audiobooks. And then they're going to create voice profiles for children. Oh, isn't that so convenient? Isn't that great? Voice profiles for children. And they're going to have interactive teaching. I'm sure they're going to add some wonderful curriculums to that too. That's what they're going to do. Let's just round off here on, since we're talking about Amazon stuff, since we're talking about their uh, internet of things devices, let's look at the new ring system. Okay. (laughs) Have you seen the new ring system, Bruce? Have you seen this? I I think I know which one you're talking about and I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah. Everybody's familiar with the Amazon ring system. It's, it's a little camera thing you have at your door. And you can see who's there and you can log into it from your phone and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It's and so if you're camera. not, yeah. yeah, it's a doorbell camera. So if you're not home, then you can, you know, it notifies your phone. You can hop on and you can talk to the person there's there. Or if someone's dropping a package off and you say, hey, you know, go ahead and leave that, you know, off to the side behind the bush or something or put it out back, whatever, that kind of stuff. OK. All right. This one, this new ring device is a little bit more, shall we say, hands on. And it is uh, they're calling it a new uh, excuse me, the always home cam uh, is an ambitious new home security device. So what this is, it's an autonomous drone that flies around the inside of your home, giving you a perspective of every room when you're not at home. So instead of putting a camera in every room in your house, you can now log into this thing and fly this thing around your house. <laughs> so um, it's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, but once it's done flying, it says it always returned to its dock so it can charge the battery, just like one of those Roomba things, right? Think of it like a Roomba, but it flies around your house. It's expected to cost $249 uh, when it starts shipping next year. They say that the idea behind the always home cam is to provide multiple viewpoints throughout the home without requiring the use of multiple cameras. So it's practical. Okay, I, I see. I see the practicality of it. Fine. They've spent two years on focused development of the of the device, and they say it's an obvious product that is very hard to build. But thanks to advancement in drone technology, the company is able to make a product like this and have it work as desired. So it's fully autonomous, but the owners can tell you, uh, you as the owner, you can tell it what path to take and where it can go. So it's autonomous. It's just like the uh, the Roombas. It it knows where to go. It's going to map out everything. And that this, again, mapping technology, right? That's what this is going to do. It's going to map out your house for you. And then they're going to sell that data. So when you first no, get the device, never do that. no, of course not. When you first get the device, you build a map of your home for it to follow, which allows you to ask for specific viewpoints, such as the kitchen or the bedroom. And the drone can be commanded to fly on demand or programmed to fly when disturbance, when a disturbance is detected by a linked ring system or the new uh, Echo system whenever something is, you know, um, whenever a door closes or a window breaks or a door, then all of a sudden, you know, this camera comes up and, you know, comes out of its little home and it flies around and it shows you what's going on. So uh, the charging dock blocks the camera's view and the camera only records when it's in flight. See, it only only records when it's in flight. So it's, yeah, you you don't need to worry about it any other time. Ring says the drone makes an audible noise when flying. So it's obvious when footage is being recorded. Sure. Ring says the camera can be used for simple things like checking to see if stove was left on or if a window was left open. Practical, again. Or if a door is uh, locked or when you're away from your home. But if you have the lock system anyway, then you would already know that. It features obstacle avoidance technology and it allows it to avoid objects in its path and its shrouded propellers prevent damage to property or hurting a pet or a person that might collide with the drone. So uh, these are the features of it. All right. It's indoor only 1080p video. 
Only records in flight, enclosed propellers, and integrates with the ring system. So that's interesting. I'm probably betting the GP is going to be one of the first to pre-order this thing and get one delivered to his house, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Tell, don't tell him about it because he'll be buying it. The, the yeah. one thing I want to know about it is how big is it, the size? Uh, by looking at the picture here, it looks like it is, I, I want to say by comparison, it's about the size of a, um, I want to say it's almost like a box you get a watch in, you know, like a real expensive watch. It seems like it's about that size. So it's like maybe three or four inches across in diameter. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe about that. The Watching the little video on it. It looks like it's seriously. I mean, by, just by looking at it, by by the judging, by the size of it, by the pictures, it looks like it's about the size of a slice of bread, you know, like it just yeah. circumference wise. That's what it looks yeah, like. It's about. I was, I was going to say with the, the station and everything, it uh, looks like it might be about the size of maybe a toaster, you know, like a like a two slice toaster. All right. So uh, last topic here, Uber, right? Those of you that take Uber out there, Uber is going to um, they're going to punish you. Yeah. Uber's going to punish you. If you don't do what they say, they're going to punish you. And for those of you that uh, that like their service, I mean, I myself have taken their service. I like it. I've taken it in several different countries, in fact. And it's a great service. It's it's reliable. It's uh, it's comfortable and it's pretty cost effective, I have to say. It's a lot better and, and more convenient than taking uh, taxis and, you know, uh, all that stuff. But see, they're going to put you back in a in a sense where you have to pay that overpriced if you don't follow the rules. OK, now, I don't like these particular rules because I don't think that it's I don't think it's right considering the state of the business itself. Every single driver is essentially their own franchise owner. That's my take is because you're working for another company, but yet you have to provide your own car. You're guaranteeing the, uh, the safety of the passenger. And they're barely paying you enough to make the payment on the car that you've bought. So that that's really all that your involvement is here. So it's your responsibility to keep that car clean. It's your responsibility to make sure that car's safe. And you provide a service to somebody. But uh, again, you know, it's it's your responsibility. I don't consider Uber to be like a taxi service. It's a different set of circumstances. Taxi services work for a company. They provide company cars. That's a taxi service. Just like you take a cab in New York, just like you take a cab in most European countries. That's a service. That's a company that owns a fleet of vehicles. Uber doesn't do that. Uber is a centralized company and each employee has their own vehicle. So I don't agree with the way that they do this stuff here because this should be the driver's choice. But they're saying that Uber is requiring people that request the ride. So those of you that have not taken Uber that don't know how this works, you basically you have an app on your phone. You request a car, right? Your location services are obviously on. You request the car. The car shows up, right? You get in the car and you can talk to the driver and things before he gets there or before they get there. They can text you. They can call you uh, those things. Uh, so you can make sure that you have the right car. They show you what the car looks like. They show you who the driver is. They show you the, uh, the plate number on the car. So you know it's the right car. All security features, all safety features. I get it. Okay. So now they're saying you have to take mask selfies within the Uber app itself before you're allowed to use the service. No mask, no ride. We set it and we meet it. That's their uh, that's their statement. And they've built the tech to back it up is what they say. Introducing mask verification, a new way to protect both riders and drivers. So they're demanding that customers who've been flagged for previously refusing to wear a mask to take a mask selfie within the app, or you're going to be barred from using the service altogether. So if you don't do it, if you're refusing, then guess what? Your account gets shut off and you don't get to use Uber ever again. So their new ad campaign, as I said, 
no mask, no ride. We mean, we said it and we mean it. Uh, the company is touting its mask verification service, which forces customers who were previously reported by drivers for not wearing a mask to take a picture of their mask face within the app to be allowed to use the service again. Now, if you've ever f- if you're ever flagged for not wearing a mask, you'll have to take a selfie in the app to verify that you're wearing one before your next ride, says the advisory board. And then some people took to Twitter, you know, Uber people that took to Twitter. They're uh, they're not very happy that one of them said uh, nanny state aesthetics are going to kill companies, which if that's how Uber's going to be. Guess what? You lost my business. Sorry. I'm not going to use your service ever again. I don't care what I have to do, uh, which taxis here are pretty nice. I have to say, you know, you get into a nice Mercedes when you take a taxi here. Little expensive. So, so you're saying you've permanently banned Uber for their me mask personally. mandates? Me personally? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll ban yeah. Uber for myself. I won't use them. I'm yeah. serious. I won't use I them. I, I will no. not use them. They're dead set on making city life as unbearable as possible. Another user said that copy makes me never want to ride with Uber again. So, yeah, this is uh, this is the stance they're taking. It's, you know, something knock all this nonsense off. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it, that's what all this is. This is, again, the pushback from the big tech companies, the elites that we've basically told to drop dead, you know, get out of here. We don't want you anymore. This is their way of pushing back, making us comply with their wishes. That's what masks are about. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's not about protecting you. They don't care about you at the end of the day. If you look at the number of deaths that are off the charts and not from covid, the suicides are off the charts, right? The people that are dying of other diseases that they're counting as COVID, right? Which tomorrow we're going to talk about what one of the German ministers have come out publicly and said about what another round of lockdowns would do and the amount of deaths. We're looking at millions of deaths now for another lockdown and not from COVID, not from COVID. No. So they don't care about your life. Do you think they, you think they want to order mask mandates to quote, save somebody? If they cared about saving lives, then they wouldn't be forcing societal lockdowns. Those are going to kill more people than not wearing a mask. I assure you, I can assure you. And I'm not the only one that's saying that. And we're going to discuss it tomorrow. We're out of time today, so we're going to have to go. Thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. For those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, and your comments, and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. If you would like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. We're looking to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends and family and known associates, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, as we're kind of promoting this new... Uh, this new platform that we're on this week, we are now on Amazon Audible. It's a new podcast system that they've just launched over there, and we're getting in on it very early. So uh, we are now available on all of those devices that we mentioned earlier, all of the uh, Amazon devices on the uh, Internet of Things. So all of the Echo devices, Fire TVs, uh, Fire Sticks, uh, all of these things all across the world. We're now available on Amazon Audible. So if you're suggesting us to somebody, you can drop us uh, a platform plug on that. That would be great. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform that has a rating system, if you could give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, that would be a plus. Five stars would be great. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 